How do you do, neighbor? It's Bree and Spirits time once again. The boys have gathered around, and they're ready for you. So join in, make comments, and study with the guys as they try to study as the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17. Now, here's the guys. Welcome to another episode of Berean Spirits here on the YouTube, Facebook, and everywhere else we can possibly put it on. My name is Chris Peltz. I'm the evangelist with the Southside Church of Christ in Springfield, Missouri. And we got Josh Thornhill with the Brookmead Church of Christ over in Johnson City, Tennessee. Josh, you guys doing okay? You getting lots of rain up there? We had a little bit of rain the other day, but I think it's just about gone done with. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, obviously I'm, I feel for the, the people who are in the brunt of the hurricanes, but I, I enjoy what after effects we get. Yeah. <laughs> the, the rains that we, we end up with. But anyway, we, we had a little bit of thunder, lightning, rain the other day, some heavy rain, but outside of that, nothing outside of the ordinary. Yeah. I mean, there's still some effects that are going on, I think, in the Carolinas right now. Um, but, uh, it, it was, it was a pretty, uh, pretty impactful storm and uh, a lot of, a lot of areas that are devastated. Our, our thoughts and prayers are with those, uh, in Florida, Georgia, even, uh, I think it, it was at least a hurricane one category one, if not two, when it first entered into Georgia. I mean, that was, I mean, that's just, that's just crazy to think about coming in from the West side, <laughs> Southwest, uh, into Georgia. And so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely has been impactful. Our thoughts and prayers go out to folks that are impacted with that. And But I know there are some that are uh, on the outskirts that are pleased with the rain, like you guys up there in, uh, in East Tennessee, for sure. So uh, we got Richard Dodson with the Kearney Church of Christ up in Kearney, Missouri. Richard, you doing all right, man? I got a little seasonal cold. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So... Uh... Other than that, I'm doing good. Are you, uh, you know, this is a big weekend. Fantasy, <laughs> fantasy football drafts are taking place this weekend. A lot of, most of them. So is blind grilling doing any, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, menu, or are you going to do any cooking to put on the air for how to prepare food for your fantasy football draft? <laughs> Um, well, of course we've been putting out the last several weeks, um, on, on the podcast, blind grilling experience. We've been putting out a lot of, um, recipes and finger foods and things like that for sure. But, um, we're just going to continue with that. I think over the next couple of weeks, as we lead up to the NFL, no, no, no fantasy, off. no fantasy football special. No, I don't think oh, so. Well, you are just missing out. I, yeah, I'm not much. There's a few guys that I know. That, in fact, there's a blind fantasy football league uh, run or partly run by a guy up in um, uh, in Pennsylvania that uh, I think they've already done theirs though, uh, their draft. So uh, no, nah, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I don't get into the fantasy football draft stuff. Hmm. No, I don't either. Well, me and my son do it. We got a big draft coming up. Sunday yeah. night. So and he's coming home for the weekend. Yes, he is. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Mr. Empty Nester. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hard to get used to, isn't it? <laughs> it's very hard to get used to. If I'd have had hard a son to... like Josh, yeah, you know, it would have been a lot more pleasant. <laughs> but uh You know what's hard to believe is I was an empty nester before you were, and you're so much older than I am. Well, you know, smart people sit back and watch other people make mistakes and then they <laughs> That's how they, that's how come they're smart people. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was just waiting on you to, and sometimes you get lucky, <laughs> make the first Man. move. So. Yeah. I hear you, Josh. Um, so real quick, uh, let's see, let's, let's, let's get out some of the other, um, uh, I, I want to plug a few other podcasts or, uh, or YouTube uh, shows that uh, I know there's been some folks I've had some requests asking, you know, if there's some other things that folks can listen to um, and wanted to throw a few out there. Of course, our YouTube channels, Mind Gospel Preaching with Chris Peltz uh, YouTube channel. Josh, you've got what? what's the the uh, the YouTube channel there for where you're at? It's called the Transforming Word. Transforming Word. All right. And so folks can listen to sermons and things there. And then Richard, you've got gospel preaching live. What's what's shaking out with all of that? Uh, there'll be no show tonight. No no sermon tonight. I got uh, my voice is too weak, so okay. I'm not going to be able to put out a lesson tonight. But yeah, every Thursday and I say every Lord willing, every Thursday and Sunday evening, I try to put out something and put it on podcast. So. And on podcast, is it Gospel Preaching Live? Yeah. Is the podcast? Yeah, same as, uh, I mean, just like Marine Spirits. You can, yeah. Marine Spirits is on podcast too. You just type in, uh, I think it's Gospel Preaching Live or Gospel Preaching with Marine Spirits or something like that. But uh, uh, yeah, Gospel Preaching Live, as you can see in my background, you can see the TVs are lit up, Gospel Preaching Live, as I shamelessly plug the shows. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you ever want to hear a lesson, I mean, there's there's a bunch of them on there now. So, yeah, I just want to point out that if you ever have trouble sleeping, just pull up Gospel Preaching Live, and it'll knock you right out. Yeah, yeah, so. that's right. Well, there there's a few others. There's some new um, new podcasts I think that have come out. One I wanted to throw out is uh, a guy out in Hawaii, Daniel Duvall, um, and it, he's doing a really good job actually with his podcast. He's got a three, he's got three or four episodes out now and it's called Jesus and truth. Uh, and it's on, um, I know at least Spotify, I think it's on Apple podcast as well. Uh, Jesus and truth. And so wanted to, um, throw that one out there. There's plain Bible teaching. There's answering religious error. I mean, there's a lot of things that are out there that, that if you guys can think of any right now that you want to throw out. Uh, truth factor, so, truth, truth factor. factor. Yeah. That was one of the very first ones that I can remember seeing now. Now Berean spirits is up there too. It'd be in one of the, the first and proven, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, truth factor and Josh's dad is on there. And, uh, you know, that's, that's one to look for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's called search. What is that? Searching the Don McLean down there in the, the little rock area. Is it searching for truth? Searching the scriptures, maybe, but uh, he comes out uh, two or three times a week. I can't remember. It's in the afternoon, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good show. Yeah, yeah. Josh, you have any throw one. out, or are you ready? Oh. We ready to get rolling? What now? What's up? Does Josh have any he wants to throw out that he listens to or recommends, or are we ready to get rolling? No, we can get rolling. All right. Well, let let's talk about work. Um, something that it seems as though we are we are in a society that knows less and less about work and work ethic for sure. Um, and but but work is something that goes all the way back to the beginning, right? Work is something that God has put forth for man to do. In fact, after man sinned in the garden. One of the things that he uh, that he told man he would have to do is to work the ground. Uh, work is something that we see, uh, you know, uh, God's people engaging in. In fact, even the <clears throat> we often look at the Sabbath under the law of Moses as you know talking about a day of rest. Well, what were they resting from? Well, they were resting from work, right? Six days of work, just as God took six days to create the world and rested on the seventh. um, He was resting from the work that he did, and he expects us to work as well. And he expects us to have a certain attitude uh, about the work that we do and engage in. And, And not just talking about working for the Lord in the respect of uh, religious work, right? In worship, in the work of the church, we're talking about, you know, secular jobs. We're talking about uh, our attitude when it comes to how we work in for employers, how we are to be as an employee, um, or or even as a boss, as far as that goes. Um, but how how God expects us to be in the workplace, and I think it's important for us because. Right now, we have this culture and this attitude of, you know, that's that's not in my job description, or I don't get paid enough for this, or um, they they look at jobs as and belittle jobs. I mean, you know, oftentimes there are jokes made about flipping burgers, about you know, do you want fries with that, or you know, janitorial type jobs, or even even construction jobs. And 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 hard labor, manual labor type jobs, and 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 that's what really not only our country is really built upon, but that really goes to an an attitude of understanding just the value and the importance and the lessons you can get just from work in general, and an honest day's pay for an honest day or an honest day's wage, uh, you know, for honest day's work. Uh, comes into play here, and and no work is you know should be demeaned or talked down about, or should be looked at as you, you being above it, right? There's a lot of people that get in their themselves in situations where they're they're struggling, they're having difficulty, and there are so many jobs that are out there, but they look at that as like I'm not going to do that, and uh, it's a poor attitude to have. Uh, when it comes to the fact that, listen, you need to work, you need to provide for your family. If you don't work, you don't eat is a biblical um, uh, principle that we'll look at, I'm sure. But but Josh, when you think about work and you think about the attitude that Christians are to have, you know, is there anything that really just jumps out at you first and foremost on this particular topic? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say I always want fries with that. But That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoy uh, uh, French fries. Anyway, that, so uh, you're no you're no stranger to fast food work. I mean, you you worked for you know Chick Fil A and and McDonald's, and I mean you've you've been there. You've done that. I have. Who uh-huh. who, who has the best fries? By your opinion. Oh man. Um, I don't know. That's a hard one. It depends. Um, there's several places that have really good ones, but it it would depend. But, you know, when I worked at Chick-fil-A, you know, I was used to, you know, closing. And then sometimes the guys in the kitchen would take the fries that were still left in there and they'd put them on a tray for me and I'd just munch on them while I'm closing. Um, so yeah, you could call that my addiction, but anyway, um, (laughs) uh, I I think that one of the things that, uh, we can, we ought to remember, I think is kind of what Chris has already alluded to is that work is a biblical concept. And the title of this work is a godly thing. God has created us to work. Even from the very beginning, you see in Genesis 2 and verse 15, it says, Yahweh God took the man and set him in the garden to cultivate it and to keep it. So this is a a responsibility that mankind had. Even before the fall, mankind was expected to work. Now, I think it was a, uh, a fairly simple task that they were given. It wasn't overly laborious, uh, but it was a, a task, a, a job that they were given uh, to tend and cultivate the garden. And then, <clears throat> as a result of... <laughs> Sorry. I can't... I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. Huh? Tending to a garden is not laborious? I mean, that's a lot of work. Anyway. <laughs> no, I don't think that's his point. I think it, it's like uh, women were to give child, you know, um, childbirth, but after the fall, he said, you know, the pain would be multiplied. And I think the same is true with what it, with the, kind of the same concept. They he was working the ground, but then it was going to be a lot more difficult after. Well, the fall. I, you know, I agree with that. But even even without the weeds and the thorns, uh, you know, it's it's work. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I I know what he's. I, I think I think we understand what he's saying though. I'm I, I'm a flower gardener, so you know sometimes you know it, it's it's hard work. Well, the reason for that in Genesis 3 and verse 7, or verse 19, uh, the Lord says, By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken from dust, you, for you are dust, and you shall re- return uh, to dust. Um, of course, he says, In pain you will eat of it, curses the ground because of you, in pain you will eat of it all the days of your life. Essentially saying that you are <clears throat> expected to to work for your your um, for your, your provision. And I think obviously they were to cultivate and tend the garden, but it seems that their, um, their time in the garden was relatively peaceful. And yet it seems that there's a, a bit of toil that is going to be associated with, um, work, uh, from that point on. And you see that that's what God has expected of his people. Uh, God has expected us to work. So it is a biblical concept. It's a godly concept. Um, You can't be faithful to the Lord without taking part in it. 
I think is a part of it, at least to some degree. I know some people are, are physically unable to do so, but I think we need to remember that this is something that's pleasing to God. And if we want to be pleasing to God, that's part of uh, what we need to do. Uh, and it's not always pleasant, but it is something that God has given for us. Yeah. I mean, if you can find something you love, right? I mean, that that was always the advice when I was growing up. You know, it, it, if you can find something you love, it won't be work. It, it, again, and before Richard jumps all over me on this, not saying that you don't have to work at it, but it 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 won't seem as toilsome or laborsome, even though you're still working or laboring at it. Um, but uh, but anyway, Richard, go ahead. Well, you know, sometimes people are in a. I, I think somebody starting out should try to find something they love. And I, I really believe people should choose their passion. You know, Josh chose to preach as a young man. I I think it's because it was his passion, and. Um, I, you know, it's, it, he could have made more money doing something else like pumping gas, working at McDonald's, things like that. Instead, he, <laughs> now that's a joke, but, uh, needless to say, uh, you know, you follow your passion, but some, sometimes people get into, uh, uh, responsibilities that, uh, they can't follow their passion. They, they have to find something that is going to pay the bills. And, uh, you know, in, in such a situation like that, you know, you got to work. And, and so while it's good to be able to follow your passion to try to choose what you want to do, that's not always possible. Uh, the bottom line is you, you still have responsibilities you got to meet and, and you, you know, you're just going to have to work and sometimes work is not fun. So that, that's my little commentary on, on work, but, uh, yeah. uh, well, well, you know, there there are those that that Paul was dealing with even back in the first century when he was writing to the to Thessalonians, the Second Thessalonians, and they were to the point where we, well, the Lord's going to be coming back. The Lord's coming back, and so they it would appear as though they stopped working, they stopped laboring, and they were just just like looking to the skies. You know, when when's it going to happen? When's this going to take place? And and he points out to them. I think in the context, listen, if, if you're not working, right, you, you shouldn't eat, you need to, you need to get busy. There's still things you have to do provisions you need to have, you know, um, God is aware of your needs. And this goes back to the sermon on the Mount where Jesus points out, you know, uh, even in the, the model prayer that he gives about give us this day, our daily bread, you know, uh, don't worry about where things are going to come from. Seek first the kingdom of God. But he's not saying don't work, right? I mean, put your hand to the plow, get busy and and work and labor. But ultimately, I think the biggest thing that we need to probably not only stress, but as we get into this and all the little nuances that we can talk about is when we work, Work as though we're laboring for the Lord, right? Don't look at, you know, oh, I've got a terrible boss or terrible, you know, coworkers or terrible employees or, you know, don't don't look at that aspect of things uh, and let that distract you from the task and the uh, and and our Lord, right? Everything that we do is to glorify Him 
not only in our own lives, but for those around us. In every task that we do, everything that we take on, it should be with that goal in mind, regardless of how menial the task may seem. Um, you know, and even if we don't like it, we don't want to do it, what you know, that that really um, you know, as 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 many people need to hear more often now than than perhaps and ever before in my lifetime, is you know I don't care how you feel about it. This is what you need to do. And if you were focused upon God, perhaps your feelings would be different, uh, and and would change. Um, and uh, you know, and putting God at the center of all of this, I, I think, is really. The, the first place you should start when it comes to your attitude towards work. Well, that's Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Yeah. Whatever you do, work hardly as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So, yeah. And Peter talks about it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 24 or so, somewhere in that little range there, he, I mean, he talks about, you know, even if you, you know, uh, you know, masters and, and, uh, and servants and whatever, if they're, you know, unpleasant, remember you're laboring for the Lord. So Paul talks about it in Ephesians, Colossians, and, and Peter talks about it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, on Timothy, when he was talking to Timothy, I got second Timothy two 15. I'm uh, when he was, you know, talking to him about preaching, but he says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. And then he goes on and says, rightly handling the word of the truth. But he says, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. So, uh, and, and you're going to work in such a way as to present yourself to God as one approved. So, you know, you, you got that one, uh, Titus 2, 7 and 8, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And of course, he's talking about teaching and things of that nature, but that's that part of it. So, uh, yes, we need to be very mindful of our responsibility. You know, if I can share a story with you, I had a job working up at the airport. I didn't think much of the job. I My job was to uh, drive a bus for economy parking lot, pick passengers up at the airport, bring them back to the, the parking lot, you know, put them off at different spots. I didn't think much of it. And uh, sometimes traveling's hard. And uh, it, I didn't really, it didn't really sink in how hard it was, but there was one such man who had trouble traveling and he came back and it was like five below zero. He walked a parking lot. He couldn't find his car. He completely walked this parking lot, which is just, acres and acres of cars and he finally you know he, he he stopped my bus and he's like look he goes i just need a place to warm up i don't know what to do and he started describing to me you know where he parked and i said let's try this other lot over here it sounds like it's over here and, and i i ended up driving right to his car and he was so grateful and i didn't think anything of it until you know, this past 4th of July, when me and my son tried to get back from Nashville to Kansas City, and boy, did we have travel problems. And I had to wait when we got to Kansas City, I had to wait on those same buses to take me to economy parking. 
And all of a sudden your appreciation for a job that you didn't think very highly of, all of a sudden that became the driver was one of the most important people in your life. You're exhausted, you're tired, you know? So yeah, you can't, you can't look at your job and think it's not important because it's important to somebody. And so that's why it's, you know, we need to be doing our best all the time because, you know, that's, as Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, let your light shine before others so that they may praise God. Uh, that's, that's why we need to be doing that. Josh, go ahead. You know, I've, I've been seeing things go around lately, you know, things that we might not think very highly of, you know, like the people who go pick up trash, um, you know, like the uh, collecting the trash that's set out each week or, um, you know, various other tasks that we might not think are, are important, but they are. And then you have, you know, the, the kind of jobs that everybody looks up to, like the, the social media influencer, the sports star and, and all these other things. And then you look at the society, the jobs that society requires in order to function. And it's all those in that first list. Now there's a lot of importance to those things. And that doesn't mean that, you know, those people doing those other things are, are necessarily inherently wrong. But I do think that there's uh, uh, importance in trying to find the value in, in what it is that you are doing. And then, as you pointed out, I've heard it said before, you know, if you don't like your boss, change your boss. Don't mean that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, go get a new job, but recognize that you're working for the Lord, that your allegiance, your greatest allegiance is to the Lord. And if you change your perspective, that can really go a long way in helping you as you are trying to do what it is that you are given to do in whatever regard. And, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, what, what do you call it? I, I would have a lot of uh, respect for somebody who continually gets up every day and goes to work, um, even at a job they don't like, because they have a sense of duty and obligation to provide for their family. I think there's a lot of uh, a value in, in that, that concept. And I would appreciate um, those very, very folks. Um, <clears throat> so, well, you got yeah. a sense of duty to the people who hired you. Exactly. I, mean, I, I agree with what, you know, the sense of duty to your, your family, but you know, if you don't show up for work and if you don't perform, that hurts that company. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, you know, that, if they're good enough to hire you, the least, I mean, I, th I would think the most Christian like thing you could do is to try to represent them. Well, right. You know, I remember having a conversation cause I was in, in the, I was a shift leader at Chick-fil-A and I was talking to one of the guys who's a manager and you know, this is kind of when I was starting out at getting you know, into the, the leadership part of the, the store. And we, we were talking about the fact that as managers, we, we have a, a care about this store. Now, I don't own it. And at the end of the day, I could set my keys on the desk and walk out and, and you know, have nothing else to do with that store. But at the end of the day, you know, 
as an employee there, I do care about what happens there and what goes on and, and how well that business runs. And so, you know, we, we talked about things, caring about things that you might not think of. Uh, there's a light fixture in that lines the driveway and the light is out. And we, we take care of those things. We make sure that it looks presentable outside, make sure that the bushes are well trimmed and, and things like that. Things that a lot of people just wouldn't think of unless it's just a mess and people, you know, talk about what a sloppy building it is. But, you know, there's a, a sense of ownership that we, you might have. I, I don't own it, but I treat it as if it's my own. And so I think if we have those kinds of attitudes, we're going to be the kind of worker that God wants us to be. Uh, I'm going to do my job as if this were my company and I wanted to, um, I wanted to, or how I would want my employee uh, to do this job. And I think that would uh, go a long way in, you know, making workplaces a far better place to, to be. Yeah. Well, here, here, I got a point. I mean, what you just described, could that also apply to a member in the Lord's church? Well, that, yeah, Absolutely. that's, that's exactly where, where it would apply. Right. I mean, we should make the local work our own in, in the respect, not that it's, it's my church. No, it belongs to the Lord. We understand that, but we, are we not in the household of God? Are we not heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ? And as, as a local congregation of God's people, you know, we should make the work our own in the respect that we are busy. We are doing things and, and, and trying to reach those around us. And part of that is going to be the perception. The, the, sometimes the very first thing that uh, is an impression upon the world around us is what they see, Right. And when it comes to, you know, building maintenance, lawn maintenance, when it comes to some of those menial, you know, tasks that you think, well, that doesn't matter, that doesn't save souls. But at the same time, if if a congregation has something that belongs to the Lord, should we not labor and work to take care of that and present it just as we would present everything else to the Lord with care, with distinction? Because if what there isn't there a text? I know there's a text that talks about you know he who is given um, you know to whom given is given much will much will be required to whom given little little will be required. Well, what do we have, and what are we doing with what we have, and and taking a part of that because we become a face of either a a job, a business, a company, or the local church, and, uh, and and we can have an influence, good or bad, depending on how we are laboring for that local work. If I could illustrate that real quick, um, several years ago, I met up with some friends for a debate, and at this debate, uh, the place where this debate was held, we drove by, you know, several hours before the debate took place, so that we could. Um, kind of make sure we knew where the place was and we pulled in the parking lot and it, it was just a, a plain looking gray brick building. Not, I mean, and that's not anything wrong, but you know, there was a, a front door and then there was a, a back door towards one side of the, the building. 
and over the black back door there was kind of this circular awning and that was just tattered and filthy and the door was painted white and it was dirty and then you look at the bottom of the um the building as it butted up to the ground and that was filthy you look at the front window that's right next to the the door main entrance and there was a mini blinds that were skewed i mean and it's just like if somebody's going to try and visit here is this a place that they would say oh yeah this looks like a great place to come in and worship and i'm not trying to say that we need to have cathedrals you know have these big fancy million dollar cathedrals in order to to be able to to attract the masses but at the end of the day uh, we need to be a good steward of what it is that god has given us and i think that that is a, an important part of the concept of working is the fact that we are stewards of those that we're working for, but also we're stewards of God. God has given us our jobs and everything that we own that's in right. order to manage for his glory. And I think that's a, an important perspective and especially true as the church is concerned, especially if we're blessed to have a, a building, a place to gather and worship. We are stewards of that and we need to treat it with that that kind of, of attitude and i'm not going to leave it looking disheveled and and looking run down i'm going to take care of it to the best of my ability so that i can uh, show god that i'm be, trying to be the the best steward of what he has blessed us with and i yeah. think the key there is the best of your ability mm -hmm. uh, but i do think you're right i mean if the way people judge things Someone who is unlearned might look at the building and draw a conclusion that the teaching in there is sloppy as well uh, because the building looks sloppy. But uh, sometimes the buildings are sloppy just because the lack of funds to be able to, you know, to make it look like they want it to look. But I'm talking about how the uh, those outside of Christ judge things. And so, yes, if we have an opportunity to be able to uh, fix things up to make them look nice. Uh, we need to do that because that's just the way the world judges, judges things. And, the, you know, our, our goal is to get them in the door so that they can be called by the gospel. But, uh, you know, if they, if they just keep driving and they start looking for a prettier building, uh, then, you know, then we're going to lose out on that opportunity. And I'm not talking like you said, we're not talking about a cathedral. We're not talking just, you know, there's, there are old houses out there that are well-kept. Right. That's right. Well-kept. I think it's a good way to put it. Yep. Yes. And, yeah. and that's what members need to be, you know, do you vacuum the floors inside the building? Do you clean the bathrooms? Things like that. Do you empty the trash cans? These are all important parts. They're important jobs and that's work that needs to be taken care of um, just, you know, because of the influence that work can have. Yeah. And those small things aren't insignificant either. That's I think right. we need to, to recognize that if, if that's all somebody has the ability to do, that's still a valuable part of, of the labor in the kingdom. Yes. 
And I think that's something that we need to not look down on people if that's all that they can do, because that's a valuable uh, thing that they're offering to the Lord's service. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times we look at this, and and the smallest things can make some of the biggest differences, right? I mean, look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter twenty-five. You know, when 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 I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink, right? Um, sometimes just a small cup of cold water, right, to somebody who's outside working. I mean, just that little bit of a gesture, right? And and what did it take for you to do that? Go inside, grab a cup, fill it with water. It, you know, and take it out to somebody. Sometimes even the smallest of things can have the biggest impacts. And and sometimes doing the smallest thing around a building and, and not doing it to be seen or to for for personal uh, or you know man's glory, not doing it for the pat on the back. And and if it's all right to kind of slip into that aspect of things because you know, we talk about relationships, you know, we could talk about husbands and wives, we could talk about, you know, parents and children, we could talk about all kinds of different types of relationships, but especially when it comes to work, it, it, it's the same case, you know, I don't get any um, uh, recognition, right? Nobody's, you know, take, you know, no, or somebody else is taking credit for the work that I'm doing, you know, all these things that are unfortunate, for sure, but sometimes that perspective of who we're working for and realizing that when we are working and laboring for the Lord, the Lord knows. We have to have that faith, that confidence that we will be rewarded by God, uh, that you know, when we're faithful to Him, you know, He's not patting us on the back the whole time that we're faithful Christians, but we know as we are faithful that there is a reward that awaits us. And that's motivating us. And and the same is true even as we work and labor to glorify God. When God is glorified, that is our our uh, pat on the back, you know, virtually. That is our um, source of encouragement. And we need to look at it that way when we work and labor. Yes, it's nice to get some, um, you know, to be built up by others, that encouragement, we ought to be doing that, but that's not the reason that we're doing it. Jesus addresses that very thing in the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of chapter six, the first part of chapter six, he deals with this very concept. Uh, Beware of doing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your father who is in heaven. And he talks about don't do good things in order to to have the praise of men. Don't pray in a way to receive the praise of men. Um, don't fast. fast in a way that's going to allow you to receive the praise of men. He says, do these things secretly. Do these things to yourself and let God give you the praise. Let God give you the glory because that's ultimately what we want anyway. I mean, who cares what people that you know we may never see again think <laughs> you know about the the deeds that we are doing what we really want is god's approval and so we need to labor for that and excuses are just simply that they're just excuses 
Proverbs 20 verse 4 says, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Um, you know, excuses are just, you can find an excuse not to to work. I mean, that's, but it's just an excuse. You're not getting the job done. And that's most unfortunate. I mean, when we're thinking about, right now we're talking about a, the work that Christians are involved in. Um, you know, I, I know too many excuses people make for missing church. One man told me one time it was just too hot. It was too hot to go to church. And uh, all he had to do was leave his air-conditioned house, walk into his garage and get into his Corvette, drive to the building, and then, which is air-conditioned, his air-conditioned Corvette, drive to the building, park in front of the church building, and it might take 10, 15 seconds to walk into an air-conditioned building. But it was too hot. And, you know, it's just an excuse. And so that's something we really have to remember, too, is when we're not working, then we're making, we've, we've justified it for some reason. And whatever way you've justified it, it's, it's probably just an excuse. And that's, that is most unfortunate. Most yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. I, and, um, you know, I want to, I, I would like to actually share a story I thought was pretty neat. Um, my wife and I went to uh, a uh, a woodworking store um, it, it, with power, Grizzly Power Store, whatever, here in, in Springfield. And uh, we, I go in there frequently with things that I do and projects that I've got going on. But I, I was in there this past week. And this guy, John, who helps me all the time. I mean, he's, he's, he, as soon as I walk in, there's several guys that help us, but usually this guy, John helps us out all the time. He's like, he's Chris, I got to tell you, um, he, first of all, he's, I got to tell you, thank you. Cause I earned him a bonus. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know why, because I didn't buy enough for that for sure. But, um, he, he was showing me a specific tool. And he, you know, he grabbed my hand. He, he showed me where a certain uh, knob was at to where you can adjust, you know, different levels, different things and, and, you know, an in feed and out, just different things that he was showing me and let me feel these, uh, this particular uh, tool. Well, somebody up in, in the uh, upper <clears throat> echelons was up above the floor looking down and seeing him help me out. And they put in a note to corporate and, and they had a big write up about, you know, John going above and beyond, you know, helping this guy who couldn't see, um, to understand a tool. And, and they gave him a, a bonus and just, you know, just encouraged him. He wasn't doing it for that. And it's not something that they were really known, you know, for, for doing, but, but it was like, sometimes you never know who's watching and that's a good and a bad thing. And I think first Peter four kind of bears that out as well, you know, that, that the world is watching us. And, and when we work and when we labor and we do things, whether we go above and beyond, or we just simply do the bare minimum, or if we're hypocritical and say, you need to do something and then don't do it, the, the world is watching us and what we do and how we do it is ultimately, as Christians, a reflection of our relationship with God. And, and that's where 
you know, we need to not focus upon who's watching, who's seeing, who's who's going to give us a pat on the back or reward us some way other than knowing that God is the one who's overall, he's the one who's blessed us with the job that we have and the ability to provide for the necessities of our life and our family. You know, it, it all comes from God and that needs to be where our focus lies. Josh, you got any uh, any last thoughts, things you want to enlighten us with? <laughs> you know, based on what you were just saying there, there was a a commercial years ago where uh, I think it was like an insurance company or something, but you had somebody doing something nice for somebody else. And then there was somebody in the distance that saw that. And so they did something nice for somebody else while somebody saw them. And then they did nice for something nice for somebody else. And it was just a chain reaction of people doing good for other people. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of illustrated that point. Um, but I think we were mentioning Colossians with the, um, the verses earlier about, you know, working. Yeah. Colossians two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ecclesiastes nine and verse 10 is also another good verse. Whatever your hands find to do, do it all with all your might. And I think that's a, a good way to, summarize what it is that absolutely you're doing that's a great point yep richard last thoughts yeah you know i had a uh uh new convert once asked me about authority to rest from his labor because he felt like he had to be you know he was like you know i can't find any authority to rest and i you know we talked about jesus or the lord resting on the seventh but uh, I just want to point this out. If you're wondering, you know, because he said he'd feel guilty coming home from work and just collapsing in an easy chair and trying to rest up. And I told him there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, just for a passage, and this is just for other people that if, if they've ever wondered, um, Mark 6, 31 and 32, Jesus told his disciples, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going. They had no leisure even to eat. And so there is authority to rest from, from our labor. Uh, don't feel like if you're working as hard as you can, you have to keep working. It's, it's also good to uh, rest up, which kind of leads us to Labor Day. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this is all about the hardworking folks, right, that, that keep this place going and uh, that, you know, the the – the the laborers, the general labor, the manual labor guys, the truck drivers, you know, road construction, obviously computer systems and all that, you know, I mean, it all works together, right? If one begins to fall or crumble, you know, if we're, if we're not careful, the, it, it'll all come collapsing down. And uh, every job is valuable, is important. And we shouldn't demean anybody. And when we go to work, we go to places of business and there are employer employees there, you know, they need to be treated with respect because they are working and laboring. Isn't there and, an Alabama song? Hello, Detroit Auto. Yeah. Let me thank you for it. Oh, Richard singing, make it stop. <laughs> you work well, a yeah, I mean, hour that, a week for that, a living. Well, that there goes, goes our subscriber down, base. Down you got a mute button, don't you, Josh, in there? Uh, yeah, there we go. I don't know. Should we listen to him sing or blow his nose again? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry about that. I got a cold, everybody. And I'd rather I, listen I, to him blow his nose, honestly. I, 
you've had to watch me blow my nose, but I'm, I forgot to mute it one time, and I'm luckily it was during Josh's comment. So yes. it, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of went. It kind of fit. Oh man. <laughs> oh wow. All right. All right, folks, we appreciate everybody tuning in and listening to Berean Spirits and have fun with us every Thursday as we talk about some very serious topics uh, along the way as well. Be sure and share it out to everybody. It is posted as a podcast um, not long after we've gone live. Search for it, Berean Spirits. And until next time, remember to search the scriptures with Berean Spirits. Well, folks, that's all for today. Don't worry. Lord willing, the guys will be back next week for another Bible study on Berean spirits. Until then, let the guys hear from you. Drop them some email at bereanspirits at gmail.com. They'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep studying that Bible.